Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the WBRX Wake Up Call. It's uh, always a great opportunity to get together with everybody and have a chance to get our week started, uh, hopefully uh, in a very positive way. I, we always look forward to the opportunities that, that you guys share with us to be able to provide more more good and valuable content, information that hopefully will help you along the way. Some of it, yes, based on our experience, and some of it just based upon principles and information and ideas that you know, are out there for all of us to be able to <clears throat> to gather and to implement and to use. And some sometimes we can trade notes and sometimes we can take, you know, information and experiences from other people and use them. It's just a combination of a lot of different things. And, you know, we're excited about all the things that are going on inside the company right now. You know, we're getting ready to, uh, uh, you know, take our first incentive trip, you know, one of many, many more, uh, you know, that, we believe is always a, a big and mo a very valuable part of our company. You know, God has uh, been very good. He's blessed us with a lot of, with a lot of good people, first and foremost, with you guys, you know, you, you have, um, you, you guys have, have done and created an opportunity for yourselves inside the company of WBRX. And we're excited and proud to work with you as partners. That's really the kind of the approach that we take, you know, it's exactly the approach that I would have wanted <clears throat> when I was out in the field and started, you know, Started out in the field in this industry back in 1992, and uh, you know, along the journey, have met and and come across a lot of different people. I've been doing this full time uh, from that time to where I'm at today inside of the industry regarding the industry. You know, I went to, uh, for a period of time, obviously um, after we, you know, finished the journey of our last company and went into the consulting side of this business. So. I've really entrenched myself into every facet of this. And I have to tell you that, you know, there, there's so much more information to be shared, uh, you know, a, about, you know, the workings of how we internally can, you know, facilitate growth than there is with, with respect to the mechanics of the business. You know, when we talk about the things that you have to be able to do, let's say the skills that you have to refine, we you know, if you if you go back to the WBX University, and I, I you know I may do that myself just so I can review and see that the content of this information is back there. You, we have these podcasts and we have these trainings uh, that have covered all the various skills that you have to you know reflect on and you have to get better at. And the better you get at those skills, <clears throat> then you're going to see the evidence that will support the results. And you'll see that, right? And, you know, we don't, ref we don't suggest by any stretch of the imagination this, this industry of direct sales or intellectual marketing or network marketing, whatever people want to frame it or refer to it as is perfect. We don't think it's perfect. We just think it's better. We think it's better than having to exchange time for money. We think it's better than having to have a large, huge investment to be able to you know, have a phenomenal outcome in terms of business development. Um, you know, and, and we just try to encourage people in this journey within the within the culture of our company within WBRX to really take a professional approach, to go about it in a professional way, to be able to handle yourself in a professional manner. And that's not always easy to do because you're dealing with people, you're dealing with yourself. Those sometimes are the biggest challenges. In fact, they are the biggest challenges, in my personal opinion, that you'll ever face. But irrespective of that, you know, taking on the approach of becoming a professional means that you have to kind of, you know, segment the various skills that you have to work on and become better at. And if you work on those skills and you become better at those skills, then you start to see results. And, and you know, we just go through the skills. I mean, the first skill, obviously, at the top of my head is you have to have the skill and understand how to go out and find new prospects. And for some people, we all know they have a natural inclination to, you know, networking and talking and meeting with new people. And some people are better at that than other people. But it doesn't mean that if you're not necessarily good at it, you can't refine that skill and get better. You know, someone like Olga, you know, she just, she just doesn't meet a stranger, right? But, it, you know, maybe you know, somebody else might, might have a bit of a challenge in that space, you know, and, and I, I understand that. I really do. And so you have different personalities. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's a type of person that can become successful. Sometimes you'll find that 
there are people that may not have some of these skills that we talked about, not just the skill of finding prospects, but learning how to craft the skill of, of an invitation, how to, inv how to invite prospects to better understand, you know, our, you know, products or our business opportunity. It's a very important skill, right? Uh, learning how to present, you know, the, the products and the opportunity to your prospects in such a way that it has a better and more positive result. And we're, you know, we are an event-based, you know, um, business model. We, we like to make it easier so people don't have to do all the heavy lifting themselves. You know, we, we're big encouragers of bringing, of, of making it so the event can do the heavy lifting rather than trying to go out and craft the art of, of giving a bunch of people all the information because in our experience, and this is just our experience, it's it sometimes is very difficult for people to assess and evaluate and understand a bunch of information, right? So, uh, you know, we're all, I'm always open to different methods and ways and, and people's approaches, but I always listen to the ideas that they have and then I just watch the results. That's all we. That's all any of us can do. That's all I can do. That's all Sean can do. All we can do, frankly, is go out every day and have a plan. And then you focus on executing inside of that plan a, a marketing strategy, and, and then you look at results. That's all any of this can do. And if the results don't match up to what the expectations are, then you have to refine the plan, right? And so, you know, we're big believers in, in allowing the schedule of events and the, uh, you know, all of our Zoom calls and, uh, you know, all the opportunities we have to get together in our meetings to do some of that heavy lifting because, it has, uh, it has an emotional impact. People that come to these events, uh, first of all, they see social proof. It's not just them that are evaluating the opportunity to market and distribute wellness-based products in 2021. And, and uh, certainly within the space of you know, uh, the, the endocannabinoid system and various types of, of wellness products that will address those issues and how important it is for us to understand the endocannabinoid system. It's amazing. You know, I, I've been having some really interesting conversations with people that have, have kind of got out there and, and they've, they've tried to, uh, and then we all try things, but they've, they've made an effort to maybe build a company in the area of customized nutrition, which is phenomenal. I love the idea, personally. I love the idea of subjecting myself to, let's say, um, you know, a, a DNA test of sort where they swab and they take a look at where I have propensities to various types of uh, compounds and some things would be better or more used and some less, but it sometimes is challenging in my experience to do that inside of network marketing because there's a lot of time spent in the evaluation process and there's only a segment of people out there that will do that. And, and while they've been trying to get, you know, air under their wings in that space, we've just come over here inside of the, um, you know, inside of the space of trying to help people understand and develop their endocannabinoid system and doing it with medical-grade CBD. And we look at the growth trend within the industries of both. And, and are we out there as a company, you know, sharing information with people that they haven't heard before? By all means, yes. I mean, I, I can tell you, you know, to the very people I'm suggesting and talking about that are highly skilled, that built hundred million. I mean, I'm talking about companies that have done hundreds of millions of dollars. They themselves have earned millions of dollars. They set themselves up well in life. And I look at all that and I go, man, that's whenever you have the mindset, the desire, the fortitude, the capability, knowledge in the marketplace, I always take heed of that. And I have high respect for that, but that doesn't mean that you're always going to do great. That doesn't mean you're always going to, you know, have success. And so while they perceived a way to make that work inside of this space, maybe it didn't have as much of a, of a footprint. Maybe it didn't grow as fast. And now they're looking for other ways to be able to make that organization, that company, have some of the success that, that we've had. Maybe get some wind underneath their sails and, and have some of the same strength. But at the end of the day, my response to them is that the, you know, that the results are always based upon leadership. And, and we strongly advocate that people spend time in our company in the area of personally developing themselves. And then the harder they work on themselves, the easier it is to work on the skills and to have the results. 
And so I know that, you know, we kind of probably sound like a broken record, but I can't emphasize enough the amount of time and energy that we spend, all of us, on a daily and weekly and monthly basis working to refine and develop our own skills, define what's in, you know, really important to us, how, you know, what we're prepared to give up to get what we want. And it's not always easy. I, I, I know that. But there, therein lies the difference between a person who, um, in my personal opinion, is an entrepreneur. And by the way, there's lots of different kinds of entrepreneurs. And you, you and I all know this. We happen to be entrepreneurs in this space of building and developing a business model that markets and distributes wellness-based products, but we're, we're, we're really marketing to people. And, and if you're a brand partner inside of W. Brickson, you're in the people business. You genuinely love and care and want to facilitate and help grow people, right? Inspire, lead, and grow. That is who we are as a company. Now, if that's not necessarily a person and their mindset and who they are, and if it doesn't resonate with them, well, then they're probably not going to see themselves uh, involved, or they may see themselves involved but not involved in a heavy way. You know, we've had a lot of people in the journey, guys, that have gotten involved with this company, more, more than you realize. <laughs> but many of them, uh, you know, you, you don't see them, not because they didn't like the idea of getting involved in building a successful company. Many of them have had other ideas of how to make it work. You know, and I'm not going to call anybody by names, but maybe they had the idea of being able to, you know, galvanize our products and make them like subset them into a merchandising effort of a different company. And we've gone so far as a company to help and assist and customize websites and help develop, because we're always open, but in, in, the, in the rearview mirror, all that stuff didn't really pan out to mean a whole lot of business volume, right? The, the way that we've grown the company is by allowing people to experience the results of product through giving free samples away and then bringing people to events where they can hear educational information about the endocannabinoid system and how the clinical application of various types of wellness-based compounds can really have a positive effect on anybody. We've simplified the approach. So there's all kinds of approaches out there. We've seen people that have come through this journey, and they've gotten involved, and they got involved in a big way, and they had mastered unbelievable plans and been involved in the industry, and, and you don't even know or see these people anymore. They're not around. And, and some of the people that are on the call, I know uh, Sarah Davidson, she's been around uh, long enough. You know, she got involved in the uh, first year of our pre-launch. Uh, we, you know, I think she was involved after maybe her first two or three larger meetings. And, you know, she has seen a lot of people come and go. And so what is the significant, what are the staples? What determines the reasons why people end up embracing it and taking it to a different level versus those that don't. Usually it's compartmentalized in a couple different areas. And usually it's because you have people that genuinely love the opportunity to improve themselves, okay, become as good as they can be in their skills and their personal development, their, their, their journey in life, because that's really the essence of what's required to create the glue that creates the culture that builds your organization. It's really not as much about the, uh, the facets of, of other things that you, you would think of. It's really about that because you're building a team. You're creating an organization. It, it, and that's done because you have personal contact. You're helping people. But the first thing you're doing is you're helping yourself become as good as you can be so that you have something to offer other people. That really is the, it's the key element, right? Now, learning the six-step marketing program or learning the the skills, right, we, as, we, as I just referred to, learning, you know, how to find prospects, invite prospects to understand your opportunity, of, um, the skill of, you know, presenting the product to, to your opportunity, of uh, your product and opportunity to various prospects, or learning the skill of following up. That's a skill, by the way. You know, I, I, I read these skills. I have a book where I have a lot of information. I have my, I have my journal, and I have all of my goals written down, and uh, what I do when I wake up in the morning is the first thing is, is I have a, a couple passages that I read that inspire me to know that I'm loved uh, and who I am as a child of God and all of those things that are very important for me to set the foundation. And then I have a bunch of information that I read 
that l- reminds me of, wa- of, of what's important to me, why I'm doing what I'm doing, etc. And then I have a bunch of things I know are important for me to share with other people. And once I establish that, then I'm somewhat ready to go. But learning the skills and learning the six-step marketing program, you know, of, of what to do to help, you know, help people become more successful is, is really based upon, first, where we are as people. Like, if, if you're prepared to take a journey, if you, and, and really, it's not easy. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now that uh, the majority of people that will get involved in your business will become a customer or become a distributor, a brand partner that's going to get involved and, and have a set plan, but they won't necessarily stay inside of your core group. You only need three to five people in your core group to build a massive company. And I wanted to make this announcement here today, and I haven't had a chance to sit down with Sean, but I, I have an, enough of a relationship with him that I know that he's going to be on board with this. But what we're going to be doing as we kind of come to the, um, our second annual anniversary is we're going to create another layer of leadership inside the company that we're going to refer to it as the WBRX core group, our core group. So you have the President's Partnership Club, okay? That's a very important group, right? Because these people have, have uh, by example, shown that they can reach the top of our marketing, our our compensation, our marketing plan. That's very important because in the different skills of leadership, one of them is the production, the capability to produce. And so when somebody has demonstrated the the capability to produce, then then there is an element of leadership that is, is going to establish a footprint for people to follow in their wake, if you will. Well, Equally as important to that and, and, and to important to us as a company are the people who we're working closely with on a uh, you know monthly and weekly and daily basis. The people that are attending, the, and, and this is nothing against someone who's, and I'm not telling you that everybody can be part of the core group. It, it's not going to happen for you. It's not going to happen for us. But we do want to sustain and develop that inter uh, group of people that we're going to rely on when we, want to, when we want to bounce information off of people, it's not going to be some big, broad group. It's going to be the refined uh, group of people who are actually building the company, who are actually taking the time to do the little things, not always just the big things. I'm talking about the little things to be a part of the organization and help us grow and develop our company. And, that, and, and there might be some, you know, so, and by the way, this is a group of people that um, you know, have we will have established a criteria of some of the things that they would have had to have accomplished in the business, as well as the attributes that we can see and recognize that they, they've displayed. So it's not just going to be a personal light club of myself or Sean. No, it's going to be a pat. It's going to be a set footprint. Hey, these people have done X, Y, and Z in terms of personal volume, personal group volume, and organizational volume. That's just part of the criteria. It's called performance. And we all have to have a standard of performance, no question. And then beyond that, there's that other uh, aspect of it, and that, rel- that falls within the attributes of what people have taken on and demonstrated in the way of leadership and their capacity to pour into people, to serve, and to care. Because ultimately, as a company, we're only as good as our culture. We're only as good as the organization. We're only as good as the leadership, and it's going to – it's got to become a lot bigger for you than just you, right? You, you can only become so much for yourself. You've got to integrate that to a team of people that you bring inside your core group. So by virtue of, of just demonstration, by virtue of duplication, we're, look, we're looking to help you guys build your core group, right? And, and maybe the first or second or third people you bring on for Michael Vanderbilt, you know, he's had other people that have gotten involved in his business, and now he's just brought on Dr. Bechet. Well, maybe Dr. Bechet potentially could be a part of that by virtue of, of his capacity to, um, you know, to, to uh, you know, be a good distribution, point of distribution. But maybe Dr. Bechet will or won't, I don't know, be that avid leader in his organization. There's differences. And we see that same thing, too. We have people, by the way, guys, that you never see or hear from 
They're always helping us build more customers and do a lot more business. Now, that is, that is evidence in, in our business model. That's where you say, okay, well, obviously there's a lot of people out there in the industry that love the idea of a medical-grade CBD. They're getting great results with sleep. They're getting great results with energy, man. They're getting great results with balance. Hey, that is a form of revenue that's phenomenal, and, and you love that. But the ultimate essence of your business is going to come from an internal group of people. You will build a massive organization with three to five leaders, three to five leaders. Now, we as a company, frankly, are just looking for 10 key leaders as our core group, just 10. That's all we need to build a billion-dollar company. And people say, well, how, who do you know who those leaders are? We don't know who they are. They may be here now. They may not. We just look at, at the plans that we've established, and we look at how they are able to successfully execute inside that. And it doesn't mean that they're, you know, there's anything wrong with someone if they don't. I, I never have put down or should, I don't believe that anybody should try to you know, determine someone's value based upon their efforts uh, another person's efforts, whether they do or don't. It's not about that. You just have to continue to forge forward in your own effort, and you'll attract those people that want to get involved. Interestingly enough, as we continue in this journey, uh, you know, we're getting phone calls from people that I've worked with for years that have gone out and they've tried to take it upon themselves to you know, enter into this space and have success, but now they're saying, well, what can we do to kind of take our organization and merge it with what you guys have. Well, that didn't happen because we called them or that didn't happen because we negotiated or we used any particular skill. It's just <clears throat> the journey in life. It's just the way that things sometimes coordinate and work out. And you're going to have that same thing happen in your organization, I promise you. You're going to have people that jump on board, get involved. They're going to have all kinds of plans. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And, and they just somehow or another, they either just fade away or disappear. Is that your fault? Absolutely not. <laughs> that has nothing. So you can't take credit for somebody's success, and you can't take credit for someone's lack of success. And you can't take responsibility for decisions people make. You can only take responsibility for those that you make. And that's the only person you have control of. You may think that you can determine or sway or influence other people, and maybe you can for a period of time. But ultimately, the only way that you're going to have success, and, I, and, and it, it runs deep, believe me. I've had partners in business before, and sometimes there's just a certain length of, of time people want to go in the journey. And they may have other wishes and desires. Does that make them bad? They may be doing other things outside of what you're doing in your business. Does that, is there anything wrong with that? No, that's their choice. It, it, it really is their choice. Now, at some point in the journey, if you – if you have an agreement that suggests that, okay, you're going to spend 100% of your time, I'm going to spend 100% of my time, we're going to go out and make this work, and they're not really doing that, well, then you have an adjustment in, in terms of the role, and you have an adjustment in terms of, you know, you just adjust things. But it's not bad or good. It's never like that. It's just people that are in their journey, and they see themselves doing certain things, and there will be a group of people, guys, inside of your organization. Maybe it's you, too, that say, you know what? I think this is what I want to do. I'm going to go out and do this. I'm going to earn millions of dollars. And, and you're not going to be able to take everybody with you. There will be a group of people that want to do that. And that's who you're going to end up teaming up with so that you can help them facilitate and grow their organizations. That's really what, that's what will end up happening. You know, if you look at the entire company of WBRX, we've got three lines to the company. That's, I mean, you know, you've got the Ryan Rennick line. You know, you never hear or see of Ryan Rennick. You've got Brett Shoemaker. You never hear or see a Brett Shoemaker. You know, you've got Jenny Lloyd who, you know, you never hear and see of her. That's the three lines that we have to this company. And, and everything that has happened in every one of you that are on the call this morning that have been on the call for many mornings or on Zoom calls, you guys are within that organization. And, and the company has continued to grow and do more and more business volume. Nothing like what we're going to do. But if you look, if you kind of step back and you take a snapshot of what you've seen and watched and listened to, you can see those of you that have been to our, um, you know, to our business overview presentations at Perry's over the summer here in Houston, those of you that have attended, you probably have seen a growth that has taken place inside of these uh, smaller meetings, anywhere between, let's call it 25 to 40 people. 
Well, as we continue to do these meetings and then we start duplicating them, as I've mentioned before, in other cities throughout Houston, I mean throughout other cities, other cities throughout Texas or other markets in other states, then you'll start to see that the larger meetings that we have annually and or uh, quarterly will st also start to grow. So you build this thing from the inside out, not from the outside in, right? So the size of an apple is always going to be based upon the size of its core. So it's counterintuitive. Sometimes people think, man, i got to put together a marketing strategy, social media campaign, go out there and touch millions of people. No. You have to have the fortitude and the wherewithal and the leadership to be able to get together with a small team of people that can count on you, that understand who you are, you understand who they are. You're helping them daily with massaging and mechanics that are needed to make the organization grow. They're accountable to you. You're accountable to them. You have a relationship. Sometimes you have to work through issues. It's interpersonal skills. It's learning how to put together a campaign, designate the right time of a meeting, do all of the things within each other that allow that core to grow. Once the core grows, the organization, believe me, the size of the apple gets a lot bigger. Not everybody understands what I'm sharing with you because they haven't done it before. They haven't experienced it before. If you, if, if you have somebody in your organization that's never gone out and created a campaign and uh, sponsored somebody, they, they, if they haven't gone out and they haven't recruited somebody and then developed a new line with that person, if they haven't developed a new line, or not just themselves but a team of people that created a new line of business, then you've got nothing to reference with, within the context of their experience. You, you know what I mean? So what we're looking to do is to, is to help and galvanize as many people that choose to come on the journey in that core group capacity. And not everybody will. We understand that. It's okay. But as we go, we're just looking for 10 key leaders. And through those 10 key leaders, we'll build a massive organization. Now, in the beginning, will there be 10? I don't know. We'll see. We'll go through the criteria. We'll determine. It may be smaller than 10. It'll be, it'll be right around 10 or maybe smaller than 10. But through that organization, through that core group that we have as a company, you'll see our organization explode and grow, not because of us, but because of the business model that's been proven to work time in and time out. It's not about going out there and throwing together a campaign to reach millions of people internally. It's about building and developing a business. If somebody says to me, hey, Barry, I wanna, I wanna, how many people do you need for us to come into, for you guys to come into a brand new market. And I always tell they say, Barry, we can fill a room of 100 people. I said, let me ask you a question. Can you put together five to 10 key people? Five to 10 key people we can sit down with, or we can spend time with, maybe have something to eat, and just share information where we can pour into them really what's involved. And if we can get those people to get involved and then have them go out and bring four or five people to the next meeting, now we've got a meeting of 25 to 30 people that really does matter. See, the reason that our meetings, guys, have gotten so much more productive, I was sharing this with Joseph Trahan. I was, he, was, he was watching it because he's been around. He's creating his own. He's got his own biz pack deal, and he's got his own way of crafting and, and bringing people, you know. And I said, so what's happening right now is that there's less asked of, of Sean and myself because at the, at the, um, the way you've got people like Olga as an example, as a leader, who was showing up at the meeting early, putting all of the name cards on the table where she wanted her group to be at. Uh, Gail doing the same thing, right? These, the, so these are the gals that are orchestrating the growth of their business, as an example, right? They get there early and set things up so that their people can be there and they have their people prepped to come to the meeting in such a way that they're going to probably listen to every word that's communicated. Well, in the beginning, was it like that? Absolutely not. It was not like that. A lot more of the responsibility was on us, and we were talking to a group of people that were not necessarily prepped. It's totally different today. As the meeting concludes today, you'll see that our leaders are getting together with their people at the end of the meeting, getting all their questions answered, and setting up a way for them to take the next step of getting involved as either a customer or brand partner. And what we're doing as a company, what Sean and I are doing, is making sure that we can facilitate taking them from, let's say, on a scale of 1 to 10, a 7 or 8, over the threshold to becoming a 10 
in terms of their decision to get involved. That's all we're doing. And once you have this template, once you have this map organized in your mind, guys, then you can wash, rinse, repeat, and do it over and over and over. And believe me, once you get it going with a group of people in your organization, like what Gail has right now, she's got an organization of people that are leading, irrespective of what she does. That is exactly, a, that is exactly where you want to get to. Has it always been that way for her? No. And as a matter of fact, a year ago today, it was not like that. But you know that her organization last month, somewhere around $100,000 this month, the same exact thing. We just found out over the weekend, guys, by the way, that we've added a couple of folks that are going to be uh, joining us in Sandestin that have qualified, met the criteria to, to you know, get the trip going, Dr. Ken Hollis. And excited congratulations to Gail, yet another frontline person, uh, you know, that you guys, if you were there at the, uh, happened to be there at the last Paris event, you saw uh, Dr. Hollis, we've got some great things in store and plan with him. And then, of course, uh, Ed and Lisa Hustad, who head up uh, LA Fitness, have also, uh, you know, let us know that they're going to be joining us and they're going to be, uh, you know, executing their PPC order and Done it. They, they, they made that decision before the 15th, before that deadline. And so all these things are happening within the company at a time and place that we'll all look back on and we'll say, okay, that's what was going on. But see, today as we move forward, guys, we've got a unique opportunity. We really do. We have a unique opportunity to do some amazing things. So, guys, I, I wanted to uh, try to get my portion done before uh, we got too far to the hour so that uh, I'd leave my partner plenty of time to – go through information I know he's gathered and put together. Uh, look, we appreciate all of you spending the time, and, and I'm gonna, Sean, I'm going to take some time here to, to listen to everything that you've got going on, what you have to say, and take some good notes. I know we've got a lot going on as a company, and uh, we appreciate everything that you guys are doing to help us become better. We appreciate uh, your ideas. Always feel free to send them via email to admin at wbrxglobal.com. We look at all that information. It's the best way, the most effective way. It's even more effective than sending Sean and I texts because there's only so many texts that we can read and really carefully look at on a daily basis. But at the end of the day, and before we can start at the next day, we always look at that admin to see what's taking place within the group. So with that, with that Sean, I'm going to unmute you, brother, and uh, I'm going to sit back and, and let you, let you uh, take the wheel here. Go ahead. Awesome job, man. Hey, and good morning, everybody. Thank you guys for hopping on these calls today. And, and thank you guys for joining the call on Saturday. We know we had a great call and, and went to the compensation plan. And you know, as Barry was mentioning, you know, folks come in and out of the business. And, and Mitchell Holzer was on the call on Saturday. And, you know, we hadn't heard from Mitchell in a while. And, and I only point that out because, one, we welcome him with open arms. And, two, you know, Mitchell's a big part of the reason that, that certain lines in the company have had you know, fruitful success. And so, you know, he bounced back in on Saturday and I'm not sure if he's on the call this morning or not, but, you know, we'd love to have him in and around the business and bring in prospects, but, but he may or may not be, you know, uh, aligned with that journey. And we, you know, as, as Barry mentioned a number of names this morning, we heard from Jenny probably three or four weeks ago, she said she had several customers that she wanted to get online and, and couldn't find the password for her back office. So we were able to support and help her with that. And so you have to realize that, that, you know, you hear things as you're growing up or through, through your adulthood of cliches about ebb and flow. And, and, you know, you think you know what they mean or you embrace them in certain ways, yin and yang and push and pull. And then in this business, you really get to see it. You really get to see ebb and flow in its, uh, in its truest form. You know, you, you have a big group of folks at one meeting and, and the next meeting, um, you know, you, you'll have just you and maybe one guest or you by yourself. And then, and then you'll get back on the horse, so to speak, and you'll have a, another big meeting. And I, and I did that. And I would just tell you that, that as Barry was talking this morning and always, you know, very, very uh, empower, empowering and impactful information, you know, just listen to his routine. He gets up. I would assure you at, at approximately the same time every day. I mean, I don't know that he sets an alarm every single day, but, you know, the, 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 the leaders in, the, in any captain of industry, they have a routine whether they get up at 9 a.m. in the morning, which, by the way, is not likely. Most of your hard-charging multi-hundred millionaire and billionaires are, are almost all early risers. But they share, you know, some common traits, some, some, some commonalities, and many of those are their routines. So they get up at a set time. 
they go through their scripture or they go through meditation or they go through yoga or they're all of the above, right? They're, they're praying and meditating and doing yoga all at once, whatever the case may be. And then they get into their, their daily reading and they're sharing and they're, and they're, they're not only sharpening their leadership sword as Barry's always doing, but they're empowering and imparting that wisdom onto others, you know, and that's part of their daily routine. So I really had a great takeaway there, Barry, as, as you were talking about, some of your daily routine, because my routine, if I'm being honest with you guys, you know, I've really gotten into the dietary aspect of the routine and I've really gotten into the physical aspect, you know, getting up and doing my runs and and my exercises every day at at approximately the same time. But, you know, I've probably slipped a little bit on say the spiritual aspect. You know, I've been reading, uh, I do audible books while I'm running. So I'm able to kind of kill two birds with one stone. And some of those are spiritual in nature, but as Barry was talking about reading, a handful of scriptures every day, you know, that's something that, that I've fallen, has fallen by the wayside a little bit for me simply because I'm getting that same information, but through books and through, and through conversations, Michael Vandiver is a great example, sends out a daily scripture. And again, back to that, that pattern, right? And that's, that's what I'm going to build up to here in just a moment. But Michael sends a scripture between somewhere between around 6 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. every single day, Seven days a week, it, it cites the the chapter and verse of the scripture, the scripture itself, and then it concludes with a prayer every single day, guys. I mean, I, I don't know if we're at day 365 yet, but whatever day we are on on the marker, he's been almost flawless. And again, that that routine, right? He gets up and does it. I, he set an expectation with me where I get up and I'm. I'm anticipating checking that message in my phone. That's normally how I start my day, right? And so that parallel applies here. You know, if you tell people you're going to call them back and you do, then you set a certain expectation that when Barry says Barry's going to call you back and does, now people expect Barry's going to call back, right? But if Joe, well, I'll pick a different name because I was just making up a name and I don't even think I'm talking about Joseph Trahan. If, if, if Clyde, I don't know that we have a Clyde, so I'll pick Clyde, says I'm going to call you back, and never does or rarely does or doesn't call back in time, then people start to have that expectation too. Oh, Clyde said he was going to call, but who knows, right? And, and I share that with you because, you know, a lot of times you guys will voice your frustration, which you're welcome to, by the way. I'm always happen, happy to listen if the desired outcome is solving the problem. I don't mind complaining. I don't mind a little, pardon the expression, but bitching and griping as it relates to, okay, I'm tired of this behavior. How do I fix it? What can I do? And I may or may not have the answer for you, but I'm happy to explore the gripe or the complaint with the mindset or the outcome of, I want to do it better. I want to do it different. I remember going into Barry's office, knocking on the door and saying, hey, man, you got a minute? And I'd come in and he always had this beautiful leather sofa across from his mahogany desk. And I'd sit down and I'd just start kind of unpacking and just start kind of you know, and, and, and talking about the things I had going on, both good and bad. And, and oftentimes I'd kind of get on a roll of bad things and very, very patiently he'd look across his desk and he'd wait, he'd wait. And then he'd say the, the ultimate words, which is, are you ready to fix it now? And that's really what I was looking for. Some I had, sometimes I had to unpack and unpack and unpack. But ultimately what I was looking for is, Barry, I've got this gigantic sore in the more, middle of my forehead from banging my head against a brick wall, and I'm tired of it. Can you help me? And that's when Barry was able to engage was when, he kind of, when I kind of found myself at my wit's end because otherwise what would happen is I would come back when I still had a little uh, energy left to be um, unteachable. Let's just call it what it was. When I still had a little unteachable energy left, he'd say, well, you know, you should utilize three-way calls. Well, but Barry, you don't understand. And I would come back with that energy of why they wouldn't work. It oftentimes took me, frankly, feeling completely defeated before I would just say, okay, Barry, I don't have any energy to rebut what you're saying or refute what you're saying or fight with you or argue with you, which, by the way, he wasn't doing. It was coming from me. He was just waiting for me to rest and then engage and help me and give me advice that he knew would work. It was time-tested. So the reason I bring all that up, guys, is I just want to share with you I've had a couple of folks, and I, I don't know if you're on the call. I don't know if you're not on the call. I'm not trying to call you out, I, I, and I'm not trying to avoid the conversation because it's not even one person. It's been three or four or five people now that have come to me directly, maybe to Barry too, and they've asked me about the most effective way to do a cold call on a doctor. 
And it's not, guys, it's not that I mind anyone doing cold calls. You're independent contractors. You're independent distributors. You own your own business. So I love when people say, I'm going to tackle, you know, I'm going to eat the elephant this way. I love that, even if I disagree with it, because it shows that empowerment. It shows that ownership. It shows a person saying, look, I have this unique offering. I have this skill set. I've made maybe hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars doing it this way, doing my other businesses this way, and I'm going to see if that skill set is transferable into the wellness biosciences world and see if I can make a bunch of money over here. I welcome you to do that. I invite you to take your background in what a healthcare or car sales or banking or mortgage or real estate or whatever industry you've been in. I invite you to, to embrace your personality, to embrace your skill set, and try to apply it here and see if it works for you. What I caution you about is when you come to Barry and I, and then you say to us things like, hey, will you guys teach me the most effective way to make a cold call on a doctor? And then you push. And then you push a little more. Oftentimes, guys, you have to realize when Barry and I don't engage with you, it's not because we mind you trying cold calling a doctor. What Barry and I are trying to express to you is we've done now, and Barry, you're welcome to hop back on in a moment and correct my number, but I know it's north of $4 million. It's probably north now of $5 million. We're probably sneaking up on about $6 million of revenue generated through WBRX. And, guys, I just have to tell you, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, and you're welcome to throw me a, an email at admin or you're welcome to throw me a text and say, no, you were mistaken on the call today. We got old so-and-so through a cold call, okay? But to my knowledge, zero dollars within wellness biosciences has been generated on a cold call. Zero dollars, to my knowledge. So, so we've done $6 million through a six-step marketing program. And if that number's wrong, guys, please forgive me. I, if it's $5 million, if it's $7 million. But, but what we've done X millions of dollars of revenue through a six-step marketing program, through friends, family, and personal relationships, through business relationships, through political organizations, through marketing organizations. Sometimes they were lukewarm referrals, right? Or sometimes it's just someone you met, maybe even at a Starbucks, or at a bar. I mean, I know, I know Jen had a guest at the, at the event last week, Cody. Cody came down from Dallas-Fort Worth and, and ended up going from – we ended up going from Perry's to the Zaza Bar. And if you met this, this, this young lady, uh, I mean, talk about a pistol, right? A pistol, a dynamo, great personality, Aggie grad, degree in agronomy, never even had heard of that. But she's just one of those people kind of like Olga. You can tell she probably does not meet a stranger. Well, we're at the bar. I dropped them off at their hotel, decided we're going to have a drink. We're hanging out. You know, not a big group of people, but a small group of people, you know, kind of mingling throughout the bar. And, and lo and behold, you know, Cody stumbles across and meets a couple of doctors, right? So now she's talking about the business. She's not even in the business. She just come from Perry's, just come from a dinner, very excited about the opportunity, having a, a nightcap as, as we're concluding the evening. She meets a couple of doctors at the Zaza Bar. That kind of stuff happens all the time, all the time. Not that I'm advocating, you know, hanging out at a bar at 1030 on a Tuesday night, but, but that kind of relationship and, and interpersonal stuff, that happens every day. Knocking on a door at a doctor's office and waiting half an hour to maybe get five minutes of the doctor's time to make a very quick sales pitch and that turning into something that turns into something else and that turning into a PPC at a $10 million organization we have not had that happen. Am I saying don't do it? No, I'm not. I, I'm a, I like to fish, right? I know there's several anglers on the call. I know Jen likes to fish. I know Gail likes to fish. I know Joseph likes to fish. I think Barry and his son even like to fish. So I know about putting multiple lines in the water, right? I'm all for join a chamber of commerce. Go test drive a Lamborghini. Go meet a realtor that, that shows million-dollar homes. And maybe when you've got some downtime, do some medical cold calls. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to poo-poo anybody's idea or their marketing efforts, but when you come to Barry and I and 90% of your week looks like it's going to be done doing cold calls on a doctor, 
and you want more information from us on how to make that work, guys, we, we just simply don't have it. It's not how we've done now $6 million with this company, you know, $400 million with the other company, Barry now over a half a billion dollars in sales. And, and I don't know that the guy's done maybe, maybe, and he can speak to this, but, but in 30 years, I'd be surprised if Barry's done two handfuls of cold calls. And again, we're not knocking it. If it is your unique skill set and you have that gift of walking in the front door, or maybe some of you guys in the medical space have the gift of walking in the back door at a doctor's office, then by all means, utilize and exploit your skill set to, to take advantage of it within this space. We simply don't have that. So I just wanted to speak to that because a couple of you guys on the call Saturday mentioned, you know, calls this week or meetings this week with how to better cold call doctors. And, and we're happy to help you. We're happy to support you any way that we can and that we know how. But, but it's, just not, it's just not our model. And it's not, it's not been, let me put it this way. We can't correlate the efforts associated with cold calls to a profit and loss statement or a revenue statement or anything that directly ended up with dollars in the bank for us as a company or for the distributor who was trying it. So for us, the efforts have been somewhat fruitless, and so we're hesitant to, to guide you or to encourage you or to pour gasoline on a fire that to date has not yielded, to my knowledge, any fruit whatsoever, zero. So, again, try it. Keep us posted, but, but I would also tell you, make it a limited part, a limited percentage of your, of your week. If you did a pie chart of how you spent your time throughout the week, make it a finite, a limited part of, of doing cold calls. Now, the second thing I wanted to address, as time kind of sneaks up on us here, but the second thing I wanted to address um, is, guys, look, I, I did this. I did it, as a matter of fact, I'll use myself as an example. On the Tuesday night dinner, Barry did a great job warming the room up, getting everybody engaged. It was a great room. You guys all did a wonderful job being there on time, being there early, mingling. I think, I think maybe one or two people came in late and had to leave early. They anticipated and they had to leave early as they knew they would. And, guys, I think the rest of the room was all there on time or early, stayed, went to the, went to the Perry's Bar after and had one cocktail, kept, you know, kept it between the lines. It was just really – a great, great meeting. I would also tell you it's the first meeting. We know that we've had someone come in and before they left said, oh, yeah, I need to give you my check and wrote a check for their director uh, rank business. You know, so congratulations to Michael Vandiver, a physician, wrote a check at Perry's in the room. And that's how, you know, guys, that's the expectation is that folks get sampled. They get some information. They come to the presentation well enough informed to know that if it's a good fit, they can they can pull the trigger and rock and roll. And if it's not a good fit, then they can, you know, we'll, we'll thank them for their time and send them on their way. Or if they're unsure, then we'll schedule, we'll do a BAM fam, as Barry says, book a meeting from a meeting. Well, Michael did a good job. Barry did a good job. This deal got teed up, and the guy wrote a check at the dinner. That should be the, the, the gold standard, right? But all that to say, I want to call myself out a little bit. Barry did a great job warming up the room. He introduced Dr. Jasani. Now, i got to give a shout-out to Dr. Jasani. He had a very, very close family friend in the hospital with COVID that night, and he broke away and, and came up and presented. So that's how much he values and appreciates both the organization and all of you guys involved, as he didn't want to let anybody down. So he broke away from the hospital, came up and did his presentation, and did a superb job, in my opinion. Well, when I went up, when I, was, when I was introduced by Barry, Barry did a great job. I was trying to be funny. I was trying to be, you know, just get the warm, keep the vibe going, right? So I walked up and I made the comment, for those of you that were there or that were tuned in via Facebook Live, I made the comment that Barry liked to put me after Dr. Jasani, you know, because that's a tough, that's, those are tough shoes to fill, right? Well, immediately after the presentation, the doctor that got involved, Dr. Bechet, came up came up to me and he said, look, can I give you some, some constructive criticism? And to be honest with you guys, I thought, well, okay, first presentation you've ever come to and you've already got some constructive criticism, but sure, I'll, I'll always listen. So he says to me, he says, and it was very, very humble, very kind, much, much appreciated. 
and I'm not saying this to stroke my own ego. Barry was standing right there. He'll tell you. But Dr. Bechet said, you are an exceptional speaker. And when you come up and you self-deprecate, and these aren't his exact words, but basically said, when you come up, I know you're trying to be funny, but you, you put yourself below Dr. Jasani when you make those kinds of comments. He said, and I just got to tell you, from a speaking perspective, you're definitely an equal. Don't, don't do that. Like when I bring my guests to the room, I want them to think you're the authority. I want them to believe that you're maybe a level above, and that's why you're going next, right? Like so you start with good, better, best. And I'm not saying I'm better than Dr. Jasani. Please don't, don't take any arrogance. I'm simply saying Dr. Bechet understands the perception rule, right, the perception is reality, and when he starts bringing his other doctor friends and his other colleagues, he wants to make sure that they perceive Dr. Jasani as an expert and that they perceive Sean as an expert and that they perceive Barry as an expert, right? And so he's, he's immediately already saying, hey, it was cute and it was funny, but let's be professional, let's be experts, and let's keep it on, on pace here. And he was right. I was very taken aback by his wisdom. And, and that doesn't mean, guys, that we, can't, that we have to be rigid. It doesn't mean you can't look up a joke or two or share a joke or two. But he's right. I didn't give the audience any time to get warmed up to me or get to know me. I led the very first words out of my mouth were a self-deprecating joke that implied that maybe I wasn't an, an expert in my arena equivalent to what Dr. Jasani is an expert in his arena. And that doesn't put our best foot forward as a company. So I really appreciated him sharing that. I will be cognizant of that. I will be mindful of that. And, and so as a result, I, I share that with you because, guys, I, have a, I want to caution us as a group. No one individual. I'm not calling you out. And, and by the way, I, I'm going to say this. If I needed to call you out, I simply would. Right now on this call, I would use your name or one-on-one -on -one pull you aside, I would use your name. So it's not that I'm afraid to call anyone out. It's just that I'm noticing it's not one person. It's a number of people, and, and, and myself included, which is why I started out with my story of, of, of Tuesday night's you know, gaffe, you know, faux pas. But guys, I had three or four people in the last two or three events, and I'm just going to take the gloves off for a second, say really dumb stuff in front of their prospect. And I'm not going to say what it was specifically because I don't want anyone to, you know, to feel called out, but like me getting up and making a self-deprecating joke before I've even properly introduced myself to the room probably wasn't the smartest thing. So, so getting in the room with your prospect, by the way, the, the, the person that I have in mind right now brought up the fact that we need new boxes if we're going to market to a younger demographic, that our boxes are beautiful, but they're very clinical and very clean. They're not as fun-loving and 18 to 25, you know, capturing. They're not cute enough or cool enough to capture that demographic, okay? So was that advice appropriate in front of that person's prospect? In my opinion, probably not, but that's not the end of the world, and it's just my opinion, right? The problem is they brought it up a second time. After maybe another glass of wine, they brought it up a third, hand to God, a fourth, finally brought it up a fifth time in front of their prospect and others to the point that I felt like I almost had to be rude. I almost had to say, I heard you all five times, okay, one through five. I heard you. Your prospect heard you. Other people's prospects heard you. And we're at the bar at Perry's. Now's probably not the opportune time. You really are starting to kind of wear a lot of egg on your face, and you need to stop it, okay? So those are the kinds of things. It's not that the person was wrong. Maybe we do need new boxes. Maybe that's a call for our core group. Maybe that's an email to admin that Barry and Sarah and I can, you know, kick around some ideas. But let me tell you when and where it's not appropriate. Five times in front of your prospect while they just enjoyed a nice meal, they enjoyed the information, they're sticking around, they're hanging out at the bar, and now when you're talking, if you look at them, 
they're rolling their eyes at you. Like, that's what was going on. And, and guys, that was one example. There were three or four or five. I know, guys, we've had AV issues before. Trust me. It frustrates Barry and I to know to the nth degree. But, but when we have an a, a AV issue in front of a new prospect, it would be best to say, oh, gosh, you know, we, we normally are pretty much on our AV. This is weird. Let us fix this real quick. And kind of downplay it. I'm not saying lie, right? Maybe just downplay it. Like, hey, <clears throat> hey, everyone's had trouble with Zoom. Ha, ha, ha. They'll be online just a moment. Give us a second, right? It's an energy. Things have started to happen where people are saying things like, oh, we always have AV issues. Oh, Zoom never works. Maybe Sean's always late. I don't know, whatever. Barry's always, you know, on, you know, I, I don't know, whatever. Guys, it does, it's not fruitful. It doesn't help. It doesn't even make it untrue. Barry and I have an open door policy. Feel free to call us. Feel free to email us. If you don't like my suit or you don't like my tie or you think we started too early or you think we ran too late, Guys, feel free to bring it up. But by all means, please don't bring it up in front of your prospect. And I'll tell you right now, I don't want to I don't want to go into things like forbidding mode, but but I will say something to you, whoever you are, if you say something in front of someone else's prospect. I guess if you want to shoot yourself in the foot in front of your own prospect, that's technically your call. But if you want to if you want to kind of down WBRX or or another distributor, in front of a guess, you know someone else's prospect, guys, we, we just won't have it. So I'm not going to focus on the negative. I, I let off with me because, guys, it's, it's most times the road to hell really is paved with good intentions. We have got the kindest, biggest-hearted group of folks bend over backwards for you. I mean, you know, Sarah drove over to Dallas to, to support and attend an event. I know we had folks drive over to Belton to support their event. Jen just recently came down from, from Dallas-Fort Worth to support a Houston event. I mean, we've got the kindest, most loving, most supportive, encouraging, prayerful, amazing group of people when we're paying attention and when we've got our wits about us. And then sometimes, guys, we just let the old negative Nellies in and we start saying things that, that again, might be productive or fruitful in the right environment, but, but just trust me. It's never the right time to bring it up in an event. If you're thinking it, whatever it is, and you look around and you realize that you're at an event with guests and prospects, it's probably best to make a note to yourself so you don't forget. Guys, we're not saying don't share your information, but make a note to yourself. Jot it down. Bring it up on Monday. Bring it up offline. Don't bring it up at, a, at an event. What events are designed for is to be fun, first and foremost, information-rich, first and foremost, to give the prospect an idea of the culture, to give the prospect an idea of the direction of the company, God willing, share a little bit of your personal vision and how they could parlay their existing skill set and partner with a company that's going to do a billion dollars and partner with an individual who's going to own a million or a $10 million or a $50 million or a $100 million entity within a billion-dollar network marketing company. That's what we want our folks to experience. And each and every one of you guys have the capacity, the professionalism, the skill set. I mean, I look around at all of the backgrounds, both personally and professionally, and I am wowed. I am floored. I am taken aback at how richly blessed that Barry and I are to be surrounded by each and every one of you. And that's what we want our prospects to know, not that we struggle with Zoom, not that, you know, we ran a little long. Not that, the, you know, the food, you know, was the same as it was last time. Someone said that, oh, it's the same food as last time. Guys, those are the kind of things that will just torpedo an organization for all the wrong reasons. So just be mindful. Put your best foot forward. You know, as, as my grandmother used to say, and I know this is not popular in the world today, but my grandma used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And while that's not how we are as an organization, that is how our events need to be. At an event, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all at the event. Bring it to Barry and I offline. We'd love to hear your, your, your challenges, your struggles, your thoughts, your, your, you know, the things you want to accomplish, all of it. We want to hear it. But at an event, guys, let's just, you know, just 
wear your Sunday best, put your best foot forward, and create the kind of environment that everyone would want to be a part of because that's who we are as a culture, and that's who we want to be. So, Barry, thank you so much for your leadership, man. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for always being encouraging and positive and upbeat and, and honest and sharing information. So with that, I'll kick it back to you, and I know we're going to have a great week. I'm looking forward to the upcoming trip. Um, I think the beaches and the weather is going to hold out and be just absolutely spectacular. So with that, I'll kick it back over to you, and let's have a great, great August. <clears throat> Sean, great job. I, I think, you know, guys, it's it's really – it's always important that we have an opportunity with each other to help each other become better, you know, and that's that's the, our heart. I know you know that in listening to Sean. And you know something? It, the great thing is is that in, in our effort to get better, <clears throat> we we are – helping not just ourselves, but we're helping each other. So I, you know, I want to just encourage you guys realize that the majority of this business is about you. It's about your own personal development. It's about your emotional intellect. I I invite you to get a book called emotional intelligence. I'll find out exactly who the author is. It'll help you understand that the vast majority of people have high. Okay. Daniel Goldman, Daniel Goldman, Daniel Goldman. So what, what, what most people don't know I shared this with my son the other day, and he, we were talking about formal education. My son is a, you know, God has blessed him. He's a, he's a straight-A student, highly competitive when it comes to academics, and pretty competitive when it comes to athletics. You know, I, you know, God's got a plan for him, and I just encourage him every day to seek that plan first. <clears throat> but in the, whole, in the whole scheme of things, you know, I, I was telling him, I said, <clears throat> realize, you know, Cameron, <clears throat> that people that are around you, that you're networking with, that you're growing up with, there are some of those people that are straight-A students just like you. They're really focused on their uh, academic achievements, and I applaud that, and I think it's very important. But I want you to realize that many of those people are going to be working for, employed by, those among you in your group that have a high level of emotional intelligence, that have the capacity to listen before they speak that have the understanding to control their emotions, to not want to become all that and then some, or or to believe that they're more than what they are, to just allow themselves to lead, guide, and direct by virtue of their actions, not by virtue of their thoughts or their ideas. We all have thoughts. We all have ideas. And to Sean's point, it's extremely important that we place value on everybody's ideas it doesn't mean that that idea is going to be the right fit right now. And at the end of the day, and I've shared this with somebody here recently, and I meant this with an open and whole heart. When I walk into another man's house or another woman's house, I'm within their measure of rule. It's a, it's a concept that's written biblically, meaning that I am now under their rule. I'm in their home, and I don't walk into their home and I don't put my feet up on the coffee table, and I don't open the refrigerator to see what's there to eat because I learned by my family, my parents, you, there, there's certain behaviors that you're able to manage in certain environments, and you don't go into another person's environment. Same thing if, I'm, if I walk into another business. I'm within the context of their, of their rule. I will politely ask before I do anything because I'm in their house. And that is a concept that I believe oftentimes is misunderstood. That's measure of rule. It doesn't mean I'm ruled by that person. It means I subject myself to another person's rule, it, no matter whose it is. If I walked into any of your homes, believe me, I would w- operate and conduct myself emotionally within a measure of rule. That concept should apply to everything that we do in our life. Now, we don't command or talk about us ruling our company. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I have a role. Sean has a role. Everybody has a role. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> our role says the results of this company will be di- dictated by the decisions that we make, not the decisions our employees make, not decisions our brand partners make. <clears throat> so while we're always open to everything, the way our boxes look, What's said in a, uh, you know, in, in one of our newsletters, I'm always, I, I, I look at it, and at the end of the day, I have to say, okay, that's probably the direction that we'll go. We'll take that advice or not. 
because no one's going to want to talk to any of those people about the results. They're going to want to talk to a couple guys, and that's about it. And at the end of the day, as long as I have that responsibility, then by God, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to operate within the context of what I believe is the right choice. That's why I'm here. And the same thing is true for you and your organization. The same thing is true for you and your family. People have got to realize when they come into an environment, they have a role and what that role is and not what it's not. And that's, what we, that's when we talk about emotional intelligence. It's extremely important. We strongly advocate it. We believe it's in the best interest. When you, I've always told people, when you get up and you do a presentation, and I love to hear Sean you know, just kind of openly talk about the things that he thought he could get better at. I didn't think it was bad. I personally kind of roll, you know, after I've seen about five to 10 or 20,000 presentations, I kind of roll because it doesn't make it, it, to me, I'm only focused on the subject matter, but we can always get better. By the way, I never took a professional class when it comes to public speaking, ever. It, it's, just, it's just been uh, a lot of uh, trial and error, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of mistakes that you, you overcome through, as Sean was pointing out, people sharing information with you, et cetera. So, so the point that I'm trying to make is this. When you get up and you do a presentation, you've got other people's money in the room, and you want to do the very best job you can do doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. I can tell you I'm the uh, prime example of imperfect, <laughs> but at least I can tell you with a whole heart, I show up on time prepared to do the best job I can do at that moment, and that's all I can do. I do, the, I, I do my best, and I let God do the rest. And that's just a, a very – that's just a saying we have here in my family. I just tell my kids, tell my son, tell my daughters, do your best. At whatever you do, give it everything that you have that you think is going to provide the best outcome. Use your instincts. Do whatever you can do. Let God do the rest. And if you approach things in that fashion, I think you're going to be fine. So, look, guys, we appreciate your time uh, on the call here this morning. We believe that we're making great strides to become uh, a company of, uh, you know, of what, what we all can look back on in time and say, man, we – that was a great effort. We did a great thing. We helped a lot of people. We, want, we desire to be able to look at what's been accomplished and see all of the phenomenal results, the great opportunities, the amount of people that we help, and we strive every day to get better toward that effort. So with that, guys, have a phenomenal day. We look forward to tomorrow night. Remember, at 6 o'clock, we have our testimonial call. We invite all of you to get on that call, participate, and most importantly, Bring somebody new to hear about the good news that people are experiencing within Wellness Biosciences Rx. So with that, guys, have a phenomenal day. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.